0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. If you're with me this morning, would you turn turn in your Bibles to Galatians 3. 1 through 14, we're going to continue in our series through the book of Galatians, um, and I'm really excited that I get the opportunity to preach this morning. Um, It is a very special day for me and a memorable one, and so I'm excited that on that day I get to do something that I deeply love, and that is preach. We're going to figure this thing out in a second. Um, If you guys have it, say "Have have it, lovely. Would you stand to your feet if you were willing and able as we read God's word together? Galatians 3, 1 through 14, and it reads this way. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham and the scriptures foreseeing that god would justify the gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to abraham saying in you shall all the nations be blessed so then those who are of faith are blessed along with abraham men of faith the man of faith verse 10 for all who rely on works of the law are under a curse for it is written cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law The promised spirit through faith, the very word of scripture. This morning, I have titled our time in the text, No Amount of Work. No Amount of Work. Pray with me. God, we thank you for your word and the opportunity to be washed in truth, to be built up in truth, to be taught truth and Uh, We only are able to walk away with anything of substance and value if you allow us to, God. So this morning, we pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe what your truth is telling us this morning. Would you help me step out of the way so that you would be clearly seen this morning? I pray that you would give to us that which you would have through your word. We pray that in Jesus' mighty name and your church says, amen. Have a seat, y'all. I'm going to be honest. Um, this was, I've preached before, I love preaching, I'm excited at any opportunity that I get, but this is a special Sunday for me and my family. We uh, have diligently worked, we've committed ourselves to a process, and uh, coming up to five years later, there is a space where we can look and say, by God's grace, we were faithful, we stood the course, and we persevered, and we're here. Amen. And so I, I did my studying, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking up the words in the original language, and I'm making sure that I got the proper thought of the passage, and, and I've put that work in. And then the next thing that happens is, well, I know what I'm going to say. How am I going to look when I say it? <laughs> you got to, right? But something started happening. I, I, y'all, I know I'm fresh. I have no problem knowing what to wear. Uh, but this Sunday was different because now I'm starting to think a little bit harder and I'm saying, um, like Pastor Derek likes to call it the, the Puerto Rican mohawk that I, I get to sport, uh, or the mullet, uh, it is, is that fitting for a pastor? Um, appreciate you. Uh, Is that that the type of hairstyle I want to have when I I get ordained? Um, Or or better yet, what what shoes am I going to put on? It only seems right that you wear dress shoes with a dress coat, but that's not Ramon, y'all. Ramon loves Jays. Ramon has been sneaker collecting since he was a kid. Um, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. I wore my J's. But what I began to realize was happening was I was wondering if I can do something in my own ability to make myself a little bit more acceptable. I was wondering if, if I was acceptable or, or would the things that they see began to make me feel like I don't know how accepted I am. That's not a clever story. This is my reality. I would love to tell you that I don't ever think that way. This week reminded me that I even have a tendency. The one who has taught my children, my wife, and and even gotten to preach on where acceptance comes from. I can even look at my own self and say, but can I do something a little bit more to help that? And I think... I'm in some good company because when I look at the text, I could could hear Paul reasoning with some people that might be feeling exactly the same way. The Galatians church who is here that is made up of non-Jewish believers, as we've been talking about of this gospel that they get to believe and not adding to it, right? Paul is making a case and saying, listen, there is... There is one true gospel, and any time you add to it, it's no longer the gospel. It's by God's doing. It'll always be by his doing, and the reason why we get to enjoy it is because of him. And so this morning, I got three points, and then I'm going to get out of your way. (laughs) Point one is don't go back. And then last but not least... By the stripes on his back, five chapters. Paul opens an insult, and, but it's an insult to grab the attention of the Gentiles. The passion been not guilty before God because of their belief in Jesus, and he to fight for this truth. There's those, those those people that you feel are the, the religion. begin to believe something that is fundamentally wrong. It's wrong about what you have already believed. In the end of first ver- or, or the verse one, he says, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly betrayed as crucified. He's not trying to convince them of you should believe in Jesus. You've already believed in Jesus. You've already seen him put on a wooden cross for your actions. This has come to you by preaching. You've heard and you believe. But now something has happened. Something, some, some, who has convinced you of this evil? He says, let me ask you one question. What, uh, did the Spirit of God come by your actions or by faith? Because now the Galatian church is beginning to say, well, okay, he got, God saved us and he did what we couldn't do, but but maybe maybe these Jewish Christians are right. Maybe we do need to have the mark of of, of the covenant and, and what people of covenant people have. If you haven't read your Bible, it's pretty intense. Maybe we have to do that if God is going to accept us. And so they've wandered into that belief that I think we have to do more than just believe. I, gotta, I think i got to help God a bit. If I'm going to stay right with God, then I think i got to help God a bit. And it couldn't be further from the truth because you cheapen grace that way. You take away from just how how much we needed that crucifixion. How much the penalty of our sins needed to be paid for. So he goes on and he says, what started by God, are you now able to finish it? What started by the, the Spirit... Are you now believing that you can complete or find perfection through the faith or through the flesh? So it's no longer your faith. It's now your flesh, meaning your own ability. It's it's kind of to this thought. I have a friend who has one of those really nice memberships to one of those really nice clubs in the city, you know like Midtown and stuff like that. You know, one of those clubs where you walk in and it's like, yo, this is nice, y'all. But nobody else is talking like that. <laughs> one of those clubs where you walk in and it, it almost feels like your pinkies begin to just, like, elevate a little bit more. <laughs> Wherever you walk, you, you, there's a towel for you. Like, it's like, this is crazy. And I don't know why, but I always feel like when you go to those type of clubs, people are always just naturally dressed in white. I'm, I wasn't. But it was nice, y'all. And not only did I get to come in and see the place, I actually got to take advantage of a lot of the things that were there. And I'm like, man, I I can get used to to this type of living a couple days a week, right? I could, you know, pick what pool I want to swim in. I can pick what class I want to go to. If I get hungry, there's a a really nice restaurant. There's juice bars. You name it. And I was like, man, (laughs) what what this run you for, man? Like, I can do this. And the moment I understood how much it cost, I said, well, uh, if I don't don't eat half the month and I don't pay my car note, forget them kids, uh, (laughs) I might be able to show up. What I began to realize is that membership was way more than I could ever afford. I was able to experience something because the person who allowed me in. But on my own ability, I'm going to tell you, I couldn't afford it. And I think when we begin to look at Scripture, this is not an unfamiliar thought for us. We're willing to to start negotiating with God and saying, yeah, yeah, God, you might have gotten me through the door, but what do I got to do to stay here? like you paid the entry fee but but I think it's up to me to pay these membership fees. And that's a thought that came from Galatians class y'all. Y'all should have been there. Thank you Pastor Steve. Here 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 to bring it into our our, our terms through scripture. I think we begin to believe that God may have gotten us into the kingdom, but if we're going to stay in it, it belongs on us. And it's our responsibility. So now I begin to look at my own human efforts to say, what can I do to make sure that I am in right standing with God so that I can stay here? So that when God looks at me, he is well pleased. That I know, that I know, that I know that I'm acceptable to God. And so Paul is beginning to reason and, and ask them like, so so what started by the Spirit, are, are you now able to bring to perfection through the flesh? So you couldn't save yourself, and now you think that you can keep yourself? Let's just, let's just think about this, guys. You, you've gone through this, this, this pain and suffering already because you put your faith, you've left your pagan religion, you've put your faith in Jesus, and the leaders, the Jewish leaders of the synagogue are persecuting you and making you feel less than. So what you have gone through, is it in vain then? Because if, if it's about what you do, then you're never going to be good enough for these, these religious leaders to, to belong anyways. To be Acceptable. The truth is, is there is no amount of work that you and I can accomplish that will make us more acceptable to God. There is no amount of work that you and I could accomplish to make us more acceptable to God. Now, before we judge the Galatian folk and and even myself, as I talked about my morning or my preparation for this week... I think, we, I think we're a little bit more connected to them than we realize at times. Because every person in this place has longed to know that they are fully accepted. And willing to do things to ensure that even though God has said through faith, you are mine. You don't believe me? Let's take a look at a couple efforts. Let's, let's look at the moral effort. Some of us here are committed to the moral effort, meaning I'm going to do, do right by everybody. I'm going to make sure that I, I do right in such a way that when my life is looked at, there, there could be no complaint against me. That which is visible is always good. I have done right to know that I am right. Who doesn't want the person that's right. Or maybe it's the vocational effort. You have worked diligently, blood, sweat, and tears, figuratively and literally sometimes, to make sure that your name is in every right and important conversation. There is never a question at work whether you deserve the opportunity that you were given because people know your work ethic. Who wouldn't want or who wouldn't accept the person that works hard? What company wouldn't want to hire that person? You are the company's person. Or maybe it's relational. Your relational effort that says, I'm going to be everything that I can to that friend or that spouse or to that child. I'm going to make sure that they never question my love or my presence. Who wouldn't want to have a relationship with that person? We all are striving and longing to know that we are in right standing in those type of situations. But Paul is saying, I think you might have forgotten just how far off you were. How far you were to get yourself right, to, to, to be able to say that I am righteous, to, to be able to say that I am acceptable before God, I think you might have forgotten just how far off you truly were. Because now you all of a sudden think that you got through the door, certainly I can keep myself here, can't I? I don't, I don't know. Now, these efforts that I just mentioned... They're not bad things. I don't want you to, like, think of them as if you do anything like that, it means you're automatically bad. Those efforts become a bad thing when you don't have right beliefs leading those things. Now, let me talk about that. Because if we are to have a right relationship with actions, then that means we have to have a right belief. So for you and I, when we look at this, we say that I want to do these things because I have been accepted, not because I need to do them in order to be accepted. These two are drastically different. They may look the same on the outside, but the heart posture, the belief behind them leads one to being pleasing to God, and the other one trying to replace God. What's started by the Spirit, are you now trying to perfect in the flesh? Now, when we equate our acceptance, hear me now, when we equate our acceptance to our actions, then we're always going to chase some level of accomplishment. And we're going to chase the goal down. But here's the problem with that. Even if you are a high achiever, any time you fail, it will feel like an indictment against why you are disqualified and undesirable. And now God, we feel this in many ways. One of the ways we feel this, if we're honest, is that when when we don't have right beliefs leading our actions, well, then say, God, you saved me, but I keep messing up, and, and I can just never keep myself together. And so I'm not going to go before you. I'm not going to pray to you. I'm not going to open my word. I'm, I, I, I got to clean myself up before I stand before you. I got to have enough accomplishments to show you that you want me here. We're now trying to convince God that he should love us even after he has already loved us. It makes no sense. Or we feel this honestly enough and we say, maybe we're not so, so uh, truncated in that space, but, but what it has looked like now is more legalism. It says, well, okay, I'm going to make sure that I know that God loves me because I do what's right and I make sure that I stay away from these things. I cut those things out. I add these things in. And the truth is, is I know that I'm acceptable because I'm better than that person. Those actions are led by wrong beliefs that I can earn my acceptance from God, that my right standing is maintained by me. Or better yet, you, you might be in this room and you're just like, yeah, that's the reason why I don't even go to church. This God seems too high maintenance and I'm too broke for that. And so what you've done is you've just accepted your, your flaws and your bent and you're just like, it is what it is. I'm going to throw myself head deep into my desires. Because the only acceptance that I need is my own. That sounds like the voice we hear a lot today. In our world, right? But what happens when you get to lie down with yourself and it's just you and you realize, I don't even like myself. And so if we're honest, when, when, when wrong belief has led our actions, we can find ourselves in different places. Whether we are trying to clean ourselves up to make God believe we're good enough or we're doing all the right things just to make sure that we're not bad, worse than the person behind us. Or we've just said, "You know what? I give up, I'm going to just do what I want to do anyways." The wrong belief is that we, did, we do not understand what God has done for us and when Jesus stepped in, took on our life, died the death we deserved, and rose in power and said, "Because of that, I give you what I deserved. We don't understand grace. We don't understand. God's loving kindness towards us and how he would still want us even though we are jacked up at times. Because we don't live in a world that has ever taught us that you get something better than you deserve without the actions that support it. So this gospel is really hard to comprehend. And so we need this constant reminder. And so follow me we're going to take a look back now because what i think paul does in continuing out of this text when he says it started with god but now you're trying to do it on your own are you really going to try and hold on to your own human efforts you can't i'm going to show you that god knew that your human efforts wouldn't work let's go to the let's go to the the most respected Name to the Jewish person. Let's go to Father Abraham. The patriarch of the Jewish religion. When you look at that, Paul is beginning to quote scriptures and says, he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That counted is an, is an accounting word, which means it was fully accredited to him. Fully paid. Not partially not, not in, in installments, it was fully paid. That sound right, Sharon, right? Perfect, she's an accountant, she, she got me. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right. But do you know that he was counted as righteous ever far, far before he ever got circumcised as a sign of the covenant? Paul is saying, if the most respected person to those leaders was saved by grace, why is it that your actions have to, be the, have to be on top of that for you to really be saved? God so knew that the Gentiles would come to him, that's why he would tell him that through you, all nations shall be blessed. God knew that you needed a covenant of grace and not a covenant of works. God knew that he had to front the bill because you can never afford the bill. So your hard work, it's no good here. And the truth is, is your hard work is trying to pay for a bill that's already been paid. That's the one you respect. And if he... If he got it through grace, why isn't, it, why isn't grace good enough for you then? There's so much in this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep us moving. And it leads us to that last section. By the stripes on his back. The blessing that Abraham received was that There was nothing good in him, and God in his loving kindness said, I will be your God, and you will be my people. The blessing that Abraham received was not because of his action. It was because of God's love that said, you'll be mine, and I'll do a work through you. Not because you have anything to offer. And Paul continues on, and he says, I just need you to understand how faulty that system that system was because if you were going to earn your right relationship with God you had to do everything everything without missing a beat there is no oh oh, oh man i overslept i'm so sorry god like uh, can, can, can i get a mulligan no there is there is no uh you can just kind of overlooked this and... No, no, no. You had to live it to perfection. And if you couldn't live it to full perfection, then that means that you would live under the curse that is rejection from God. Do you really think you can be perfect? And so he brings us back to a thought that he actually opens up the verse with, and he says, was Jesus not crucified before you? Was he not preached and proclaimed? Do you not understand why he even went to that wooden cross on your behalf? The righteous, it says in verse 11, it says the righteous shall live by faith, and it's quoting... Habakkuk, it's an Old Testament verse. This is New Testament, this is after Jesus. Before Jesus showed up, they began to already realize like, yo, we can't do this. Like we can't maintain this thing. God's gonna have to step in and make this thing happen for us. If I'm going to have right relationship with God, it's gonna, because it's gonna come by me believing God and what he provides. Not because of anything that I could provide. But there's good news because he provided the greatest one in human flesh. That curse, that that harsh penalty that you may be forgetting about, the reason why you can forget about it is because there's one who took it on for you. There's one who willingly went to the cross and took on corporate punishment to the point of, hairlines of death. We know Jesus didn't want that because he was in the garden with his father and said, man, if there is another way, Lord. But nonetheless, not my will, your will. Do you know just how far off you were Do you know just how much you needed someone else to take on that curse on your behalf? Do you understand that if you have any hope of living righteously with God, it won't be by your own efforts, but it'll be by faith in the one who has done it all. It'll be by believing the one who has truly lived a perfect life. And so when I look at this back end of these last five verses, 10 through 14... Paul is loving the Galatian church because what he's done is he said, did you forget that Jesus was crucified on your behalf? Let me remind you and let me put back into focus what his crucifixion did for you. Let me remind you that he willingly went to a cross, not because you and I had anything to offer, but it was... His loving kindness that said, I want to make a way for them to be in relationship with me. Not because I gain anything from it, but all because of what they get to experience with me. This thought is that when your efforts failed, God lovingly stepped in and said, I'll I'll provide the righteous requirement." I will give what is required here. And so this morning, I have to ask you, whose efforts are you trusting in? Whose efforts? Is it yours? Because if they're yours, I I, I want to be honest enough with you to say that you will be left disappointed and guilty at the end. but if they're Christ his efforts his efforts were fully perfect and the same way that it was counted to Abraham you and I can guarantee that it was counted to us by faith as well Jesus didn't just take on a part of the curse it says that he became the curse He fully dealt with it, past, present, and future, so that you and I would know that we have become the righteousness of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21. So this isn't, all right, God, you got got me through the door. I got to maintain it from here. You may not understand just how much grace you truly need. You and I can sit here and believe in what he has done and because we are fully accepted we'll live differently. For the person that's in the room and you're just like, man, this kind of feels weird. Tell me something to do. I need, I need to do something. The truth is when grace has gripped your heart it will propel you to action. But when you are trying to earn something by your actions, you're going to be exhausted and find that you don't have enough to provide. So let me remind you this morning that there is no amount of work that can give you what grace gives you. There is no amount of work that could earn you the right to be God's people. There is no amount of work that will ever not need a crucified Savior. There is no amount of work to replace God's grace. Pray with me this morning. God, we thank you for a time in your word and the truth is is there is so much in this text but I am so grateful that when we revert back to old patterns and old ways of doing things, trying to earn our acceptance and know that we are good and righteous before you, that we would be reminded that your grace is enough. That we were saved by your grace, that we are kept by your grace And that if we have any hope of growth, it is by your grace. God, you need nothing from us. And all that we need to give you is faith. So this morning, would you give us minds and hearts to believe your truth? That we would know that we are fully made right by your works and not our own. We know that we are fully accepted in you. Not on the basis of our efforts, but on the basis of yours. So this morning we say thank you for living the life we could not, dying the death we certainly deserved, and rising in power and giving us a forever relationship with you. This morning your church says thank you for this truth pray this together in the mighty name of Jesus and your church says amen and amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.